Coach Tarek. And I'm Vanessa. And I'm Paul. We are your movement experts and we are here to educate health and fitness professionals with the tools to create real change for and within the industry. Hey Tarek, how are you doing today? Ah, Paul, good as always, man. What about you? Always, always living the dream. And the dream, you know, my thing, the dream is having a world-class team, which I believe is the topic of a chat that you and your old mate Dan Henderson had. Right. Well introduced. Absolutely. We, uh, we dived into the, the whole concept that, you know, he's professed for, for a number of years um, through, throughout his uh, different businesses that he's run from uh, his local studio over in Coogee. Um, and I was there to witness it. Yeah. Not, not only like, again, as, as a friend and, and as, a, as a former business partner, but I saw how, how his team really gelled. And, and, and to this day, he sold that business. He's still got few of those trainers that are working for that for for that new owner, which is remarkable. You know, to have a cohesive team for a number of years hang around, and I think one of those things that he touches on is the development uh, pathways that, that that are offered to to coaches. Um, you know, you and I are uh, real advocates of this, um, as we are at Fitwell and FTI. But you know, providing this um, sort of non-linear um, uh, options of, of of education and attaching to that. Uh, for the sake of the owner first, like the importance of, of this team development um, and, and, and increasing this culture, because in the end, it's not that the more that someone knows, the better necessarily they're going to be, yeah? Like it's specific knowledge that, that is needed and then looking for that and then aligning everyone to, to, to those values. So again, going up to that meaning structure, those values that are espoused by, by that particular business. Because in the end, Paul, it's, it's the clients that, that will either suffer or benefit, right? And it's our duty of care, I believe, at a deep level to go, how can we provide uh, the best information and, and translate that into the most incredible sessions? With Dan, like, well, I've had some first-hand experiences. I've uh, listened to Dan lecture. He, I was, I've watched his stuff on Fitwell multiple times. I was editing it and he touched on the element of the team. And I saw it firsthand uh, not too long ago at his immersion event, like the quality of the team and how he really walks the talk. Because the thing that struck me about that event was it wasn't just Dan. Like, Dan wasn't, he wasn't the man, like, Dan is the man, but Dan wasn't the man at the event. It wasn't based around him. It was based around the whole event, and everyone same, seemed to get to be on the same page, but also get the same credit, which from watching that, like, you could see that it was a well-oiled machine and well-oiled team that worked together towards a common goal. Precisely. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's key. It's not, you're not the guru there, you know, espousing this and, and actually not, not living it out as it were. But look, you know, the, the whole idea is to, to kind of those, those listeners, those who, 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 are, who are coaches and owners, business operators, they really take heed of, of some of the wisdom that, that Dan shares. And, uh, you know, some of it may resonate, some of it may not. But I think there's, there, there'll be a common thread there of appreciation of, of, of actually how to create a cohesive team, whether that's two or three trainers or whether that's a larger team, it's, it's creating this consistent culture. You know, I've, I've run, like yourself, really multiple uh, businesses, uh, gyms. I've had two in the past. And, and, and that team side uh, is so important to, to the culture that then has ramifications on members, referrals, retention. It, 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 it's, it's very impactful and, and one uh, episode to listen in on. Yeah, absolutely. So if, you are, if you're interested in growing your business and hitting scale, you're going to need a team. So definitely make sure you check out Dan's episode. Check out FTI's latest offer, 
which is 15% off any of our online courses. Simply go to www.functionaltraininginstitute.com and input PDM15 at cart checkout. Hey Dan, thanks for joining us on the Purpose Driven Movement podcast. How are you today? Yeah, I'm absolutely fantastic, Tarek. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's my great pleasure. Obviously known you for so many years. And in this particular topic, we're going to be diving into how to be a successful, not just technician, but business operator. Do you want to talk a little bit about what the audience will be in for from your perspective on that area. I mean, a lot of the time people will talk about great technicians, great business owners, and really you need to be both. You can't be absolute in one of those two categories. The best people that I work with today are just phenomenal technicians that deliver incredible results for their clients, a great experience. But at the same time, they've also mastered the business fundamentals. So I look forward to diving into both sides of the coin, what it actually looks like to be a great technician. And on the other side, What are the fundamentals of business that you need to master so you can do what you love for a really long period of time and serve more people? Yeah, perfect. And uh, diving into that, I mean, from your own experience, we'll be talking about, and then obviously the many clients that you've coached and are coaching successfully over the last 10 odd years, they're the perspectives that I'm going to come from. And so tell us your journey in this kind of context of being a great technician. You and I traveled the world learning from the best, but then flipping the switch a little bit, sort of tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a thirst for knowledge. I really do. And I studied at university sport and exercise management, but then I also did an honors in human movement. So I looked at both the real technician kind of side of things as well as the business side. And when I came out as a trainer, really, I was just focused on one thing in particular, and that was delivering a great product. I knew despite my five years of university that I really didn't know enough to deliver a phenomenal experience and to get great results for my clients. And so that led me on an education journey and one that I'm really glad that I got to share with you because We got to experience many amazing practitioners, both here within Australia, but also around the world. I'm so grateful for those experiences and the people that have taught me and shaped me. And I just wanted to become the best I could be. I knew if I could be a better technician, if I knew had more knowledge, had better skill set, then I could translate that into my clients and they would experience better results. And if they experience better results, then I knew I was impacting their lives as well as everyone that surrounded their lives in a really positive manner. And so I think one of the big things as I reflect on it was just a passion for learning and knowing that I didn't know much. And I feel like those two things served me really well, particularly in those early formative years as me as a technician. Well said. You know, over those years where you were learning, was there a time where you felt like enough is enough or did you feel like there was an insatiable appetite? What was the switch there when you thought, hang on, like I know enough now and you've certainly shared that you've acted in integrity, which I'll touch on later with you, which is sometimes the trap where it's the business operator knowing a little bit of knowledge, right? But in your case, you were building this tree of knowledge, if you like. So at what point did you kind of go, well, this is enough. Now I need to focus on the business fundamentals, as you put it. Yeah, look, I could see that we were delivering a great product. You know, my first personal training studio was a little personal training studio here in Sydney, and it built a lot quicker than I ever anticipated. And I had no business knowledge really to that point. Like, yes, I had that university degree, but that was textbook knowledge. That wasn't real world knowledge. And 
So my expectations were very low on the business itself. And as I began to build the business really organically through just providing a really good product, one of the cool things that started to happen is I started to really enjoy business. I really started to enjoy the game of business. I looked at you know what I was currently doing and said, well, the product is really good right now. If you want to impact more people, you're going to have to learn how to market. You're going to have to learn how to sell better. You're going to have to learn how to create systems. You're going to have to become a great manager, Dan, and you're going to have to become a great leader as well. That was extremely helpful for me. I'm going to go through some obstacles that all of us face. Uh, can you shed light on what was blocking you becoming you know, a balanced fit pro? So this is coming from your experience. Great question. In terms of what was blocking me, it was probably not seeing what I needed earlier on. So I wish I had greater clarity on what exactly I needed to be focusing on at the different areas, the different stages of the business itself. So that would have been the the significant one is I believe at times I probably labored too long unnecessarily because I didn't apply the right lessons at the right time. So Dan, that's a fascinating insight from your experience and much appreciated, you know, you being really open and raw about that. Because I think these lessons from one's own experience, you know, no doubt has allowed you to shape how you coach your clients. And from that point now, what do you see as the typical sort of stumbling blocks for clients that you've coached over the number of years? Yeah, look, I mean, one of my prerequisites really is I will only take on clients that I know deliver a great product and service. So it's something just out of integrity is I'm not going to teach them how to build a big business unless I confidently know that they're delivering a great product that's serving lots of people. And so a lot of the time they've actually, you know, gone through courses from the Functional Training Institute, for example. They've been experienced in the industry for a long period of time. And then the missing piece of the puzzle for them is learning the business fundamentals. And that's really where they lack. So they have you know, done a lot of education on a technical perspective. And when it comes to the business, there's so many areas that they lack. There really is. They really are almost like a blank slate. Even though they may have been doing this for a long period of time, the reality is, is they've actually just been doing, they've been doing the wrong thing over a period of long time. So if we get really, really specific, number one, we dive into this business model. A lot of the time, their business model is broken and it's broken generally in one of two ways. Number one, they're selling the scarcest commodity in the world, which is their time to service one person. So they've got a one-on-one business and they're charging way too low and they have given way too much control to their client. So therefore, the ceiling of growth is limited. The second major way, and this is probably the more common way that I see the business model broken, is people have, they don't have really good contracts in place. They don't have recurring debits in place. And they don't have their clients commit for a long period of time. Now, those three things means that you're constantly having to churn through your clientele and attract new clientele. And you're on this hamster wheel and it's very, very hard to get off it. So immediately, one of the things that we do as coaching team in our programs is we look at their business model and we optimize it. If they're trading time for money, then we create more leverage in that business model. If they don't have people on reoccurring debits and contracts over long periods of time, it's generally because their offer is not good enough at that point in time. So we 
implement that, and then we work on the offer itself. Now, one of the key things that we do, and I don't know any other coaching program that does it, is we help people craft a signature system. And what this is, is a customer journey that takes someone from a problem to a promise. It takes someone from what I say, hell to heaven, and it delivers and guarantees a result. And it gives the prospect confidence that they are in the right place, that this person knows what they're doing, and it then makes the sale and the commitment much, much easier. But it also enables you to stand out in a fairly busy marketplace. And so that's the main problem that we see. And so that's what needs to be addressed first and foremost. That's the foundation. Once we address the foundation, then we are, we start to see a lot of other cracks. You know, generally, they're, they're too dependent on one source of lead. Generally, their sales process and follow-up say, is lacking in terms of the number of times that you know leads are contacted and how quickly they're contacted. And so it highlights a host of other cracks, but that's at least where we begin. Yeah, the fundamentals. That's that's excellent. Conversely, have you seen a lot of burnout as a result of too much energy and too much wearing of hats and perhaps even being disenfranchised? So let's call it the avid artist, the trainer who learns the business fundamentals but then misses the point of why they came into the industry. Do you ever sort of have you come across that much where they're switching to the entrepreneur but they're still wanting to train clients? Like it's a bit of a mindset shift here now at the moment. So How do you manage that with your clients? Great question. And there's two things I want to say about burnout. A lot of the time, I think burnout comes from losing attachment to your vision and your purpose. So I don't actually necessarily believe it's from doing monstrous amounts of hours. I actually think it's doing hours of work that has lost its purpose, vision, energy. You know, like I'm I'm trying to find the right word that really encapsulates that. Because right now I'm working so many hours, but I am so vision-centric that it's really easy. Like I'm not even close to burnout. I'm on fire right now. So that is one side in terms of burnout. They've become, you know, the entrepreneur and they've lost at heart the reason why they got into this place. And so they need to revisit that. They really do. And I speak to, I do speak to lots of business owners that are burnt out because of that very reason. So that's the one side of the burnout. The other side of the burnout can come from, a lack of identity change. So what happens as a business owner is first, you're a technician. So right now you're really accomplished as a technician in the day-to-day, you're great at movement assessments, coaching people to be mobile, strong and fit. But if you want to grow a really successful business, your identity needs to shift from technician to manager and from manager to leader. And this is where I love working with business owners. They're often stuck. You know, we generally see it at around that two to $300,000 mark per year. So they'll grind their way to a couple of hundred thousand dollars. They'll do lots of sessions themselves and they'll do lots of everything themselves, to be honest. They may have a couple of coaches on board, but they haven't learned how to manage people. They haven't learned how to develop systems and delegate. They haven't learned how to lead and inspire people. And as a result of that, they're having to do monstrous amounts of hours and not only monstrous amounts of hours, but hours where they have to switch hats half a dozen times in a day from being the trainer 
to being the bookkeeper, to being the marketer, to being the salesperson, to being the cleaner, and so on. And that is where burnout occurs because they've now got, you know, six or seven jobs that they're doing and it just feels like you're drowning at all times. Yeah, it's a good point. So it's like fragmented energy. It's not it's not even focused energy. And you alluded to that earlier. You got this energy channel that's really focused. And I think that's the illustration that I can give. It's otherwise it's like fragmented going through the the slits. That's very insightful. So You've talked about this pyramid, this trinity, if you like. So the base is that they come in as a, as a technician, manager, leader. Can you talk a little bit more about that when they hit the pinnacle as being a leader? What's the turning point there? Well, you know, obviously that's going to be a subjective thing, but what are some of the lessons that you provide in how to shift from being a manager to a leader? I believe it's two things. I believe it, number one, it's innate. Some people are just, you know, are really born amazing leaders. But more often than not, leadership is also a skill that can be learnt. And so you need to identify what do great leaders have? And I'll just rattle off a few things. Number one, great leaders lead by example. So they lead by their actions, not just their words. And so we call this self-leadership. So as a great leader, are you actually living true to your values and the values of the business? You know, you're in the fitness game. Is your fitness immaculate? Is your nutrition on point? Are you learning and growing all the time? Are you showing up every single day as the best version of yourself? That's element number one is self-leadership. Element number two is visionary. And what I mean by visionary is they understand exactly what they want from their business. They're very, very clear about it. You know, when they close their eyes, it's all they can see and it's all they talk about because it's what excites them, clearly understand where the business is going, where it is and what the pinnacle looks like. Third element, they are great communicators. So they're amazing at inspiring this vision in their team. They're amazing at communicating where the business is going and people just yearning to be a part of that because of the ability of the leader to communicate where the organization is going and the grand impact of it. Fourth element is emotionally resilient. A great leader doesn't ride the entrepreneurial roller coaster because it is a roller coaster. There's periods of challenges, of obstacles, of just really frustrating times. There's periods where your team will let you down. And rather than ride that roller coaster and react emotionally, they have ability. Yes, they feel emotionally, but they have ability to control those emotions. So they're not screaming at team members when things go wrong. They're not getting angry when there's a slow week. They're not, you know, wallowing in a pit of despair if they miss out on a contract. They're emotionally resilient and they're very level. And then the last element of leadership is extreme ownership. And so the great leader is amazing at taking responsibility. They don't look at their team and say, hey, it's their fault. They look at themselves first and foremost. And they take responsibility if the business isn't moving forward, if they're not seeing progress, if they're not seeing growth, if their team members aren't succeeding, they look inwardly before outwardly. And so there's five hallmarks of leadership 
that need to constantly be developed and refined. And what I would say to any person aspiring to be a great leader, and that is maybe feeling that bottleneck right now and where they are in business, is all of this can be learned. So look at right now those five principles that I shared with you, those five traits more than anything else, and identify which ones of those need to be cultivated and developed so you can make that ascension. The hair's rising in my arms here, mate. That's powerful. I wanted to touch on the, the idea of the freedom to choose. So there's that, you know, that stimulus and response. And if, within that freedom to choose, it's that empowerment that, that actually envelops, yeah? And so you're right, that, that resilience, that resiliency element, even when things are down, when external factors like economy or whatever dips, guess what? You have that locus of control, that freedom to choose how you respond. It's, mate, very, very powerful and insightful. There's those five hallmarks. What I did want to touch on now, Dan, is what you're seeing with online trainers in this online space, right? That's just proliferated, exploded, call it even, in the last three odd years. What do you see as some of the potential pitfalls of what I'm looking at here, and I'm, I'm pre-framing it somewhat, is the, the online trainer who hasn't had really any hands-on experience of coaching clients. Can you talk about that and do you actually advise prospects and clients to to do that so please touch on that because i think it's an important element here yeah it's an interesting space and look i'm going to be perfectly honest on this i i'm skeptical on why a lot of people are getting into the online space so i think you need to have a look at your motive first and foremost if your motive is to make as much money as possible and do as little work as possible and not actually deliver a great product then I would really beg you to reconsider a different industry because we don't need you. And I know that sounds really harsh, but I think the laptop easy lifestyle has attracted a type of trainer that I don't have a lot of time for because it's about them and it's not about who they serve. So first and foremost, if you're looking at online to magnify your impact because you can now reach more people or serve people better, it's an amazing space and I love the developments and I love how this side of the industry is growing. I really do. But if you're straight out of getting your certification, you know, whether that's a cert three or four or something else around the world, and you're just going into the online cause you're like, I can make, you know, $2,000 whilst I, you know, be a bludger all day, then I would say we don't need you. And I would say you're doing a great disrespect to the industry itself. You do want to become an online trainer and you really do have pure values and motives and integrity in doing so, then go and get the relevant experience face-to-face because going straight onto online, you're just going to miss so much of what a great coach is about. You're going to miss the nuances of being a great coach. And so you need to cut your teeth. Now, could I put a time on it? Not necessarily, but I would say you've got to do at least a minimum of 12 months You know, you've got to do at least a minimum of 500 sessions face-to-face so you learn how to read body language, so you learn how to palpate, so you learn how to assess people biomechanically, so you can actually connect with people at a different level. Then if you want to then take that next, you know, development in the business and your journey and go online, then you're going to do so a lot more successfully. And so... I'm not against online by any stretch. I mean, what I do is primarily online these days. I think it's a magnificent tool, but I really would say to do it effectively, you've got to cut your teeth. And 
we need to really make sure that we're doing it from the right place and, and not the wrong place. Would have to be aligned with you on that. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to touch on the mentors, and this for me is also a hallmark of a great leader, is that they will always seek mentors. So tell us perhaps three people who have inspired you and continue to inspire you from the very first instance of your journey as a fitness professional and leader. I agree with you, Tarek. You and I have always embraced mentorship. I absolutely believe it's necessary if you want to grow and you want to further your success. Seek out people that have already walked the path before you because they know exactly what to look for. They know the pitfalls, they know the challenges, they know the obstacles, they know the mistakes, and they can expedite your journey as well. And so some people that have really stood out to me, and uh, you will know these people. Number one is Thomas Plummer. Thomas Plummer is someone really dear to my heart. You don't know who he is. He's now retired. He was the original kind of fitness business coach. Uh, He's got some wonderful books, wonderful blog posts. And what I love about Tom is he mentored me without any expectation. You know, he just took me under his wing and he genuinely wanted the best for me. He loved the industry. He loved helping people in the industry. He loved making people laugh. And he also loved seeing things that other people didn't see and therefore sharing it with other people so they could succeed as well. So that's what I took from Thomas Plummer. I really, I continue to take a lot from him. Another mentor of mine, and you know, he's a real mate of mine and you know, I'm flying him out to Australia next month is Martin Rooney. So again, just another true professional. And you and I met Martin in Long Beach, California at a Perform Better Summit, sparked a magnificent friendship. We've had him over to Australia now four times. And I've traveled with him and his family. And what I love about Martin is his passion. This guy is just, he's on fire and it's not an act. Like that is genuinely him. He has such passion for teaching and learning and serving the fitness community. And I'll tell you a quick story about that. To this day, it still really resonates with me. And and that is the very, very first time he came to Australia. This is like one of the best speakers in the whole fitness industry, if not the best. And he had traveled over 20 hours to to get here. I picked him up from the airport and his presentation, his certification was the next day. And he said, Dan, take me to the location. I need to have a look at it. I need to have a look at where people are sitting. I need to have a look at where I'm going to be standing. I need to have a look at where I'm going to be conducting the different activities. And to me, that just said, what a professional. You know, you've traveled 20 hours. You've never been in this country before. It would be really easy just to go back to the hotel, have a nap or do some sightseeing. But no, he went to the location and he was scoping it out and he was already preparing. Yeah, consummate professional. I remember one occasion where we had dinner with him and he had a little notepad. I don't know if you recall and, and just conversations. You'd go, oh, what is that again? And he, he just, he was so diligent and a learner. And again, he, this is not a facade, you know, it's actually really him embodying every experience, every moment. And I'm with you on, on Martin and uh, some of the, the many great stories. Yeah. Yeah. And then probably the last guy, a little bit different out of the industry. And and again, you've had some experience with him and, and, and different, but, and for different reasons, really respect Taki more. So I'm currently in one of his programs at the moment. You and I have done some work with him. And from his perspective, what I love is I love his serve first uh, mentality. So he, he'll, he, he just puts out a, a ton of valuable content out in the world. And I really love that. I really love 
his ability to communicate. It's probably the biggest thing that I've taken away is just a, a beautiful communicator and makes the complex simple. And that's something that I've certainly taken away. So they're three. I've had many great mentors. I've definitely lived a very privileged life when it comes to mentorship, but they are three of the very best. The key there is that you're continuing to seek that mentoring, which is a hallmark of a, a great leader. No, thank you for sharing that, Dan. Are there any other strategies that you'd like to share, any insights even to the listeners in and around what we've covered to this point, you know, um, sort of avoiding those pitfalls that we discussed? Yeah, look, my encouragement would be to seek out great people. It really like, it can be a really lonely journey in the fitness industry. You know, it's why this industry has just horrible attrition rates. We churn and burn a lot of people, but it's brought me so much joy over 15 years and I know it will continue to do so for another 15 years. And it's because I've shared in that journey. It's because I've actively sought people out. And so my encouragement would be to go and find a tribe, a tribe of other fitness professionals, fitness business owners, go and find a mentor because you'll just derive that much fulfillment when you do so. And that doesn't need to be me. Absolutely not. Just go and find someone that, you know, aligns with your values and you're going to have a lot more fun and you're going to have a lot more success. And when I say success, success is subjective, but you're going to transform more people's lives. You're going to make more money. You're going to have more freedom. And that's what I want for everybody in this industry. I'm going to ask you one key question. If you could change one thing about the, the fitness industry today, what would it be? Tell you what I, I'm not going to say. And a lot of people would is um, a lot of people would say that the level of education they get before they come into the industry. And I would disagree with that after much contemplation and reflection on it. In Australia, we have probably the best education in the world prior to you entering the industry. But most of the deep learning happens once you're in the industry itself. And I think that's actually great because you get to choose your path. You want to be a functional trainer? Great. You want to be a movement coach? Great. You want to be great at business? Fantastic. You can choose that path. The biggest thing that I would change though is I want more collaboration. I want more connection in this industry because right now, People are doing it tough. They're doing it on their own. They're competing against each other. They're comparing themselves for one against one another. And I don't think it has to be that way. Like we are way better together than we are alone. There's man, this whole country, this whole world needs us. There's enough people. So aren't we going to have a bigger impact if we're working together instead of against each other? So that's what I would change. Totally agree. And and where do you feel that's that fear is stemming from, though? Now we're getting deep. Yes, but you know, with me, we, we would never go shallow. <laughs> At the end of the day, I think it comes from scarcity. I really do is, you know, people are very guarded and are very protective of what's theirs and they don't want to share it. And I just think that's a very small view of life and your potential and the potential of the industry. And I think that's going to hold you back. Actually, I don't think it's going to hold you back. It is going to hold you back. And tell us if we may extend on this, like how do you tackle this with new clients coming in? You know, they've evidently got this, this trait, you know, how do you rewire that? Or how do you encourage an alternative thought process around it? We've had a recent example of this. I've, I've actually had a couple of recent examples where we've had coaching clients in like neighboring suburbs, for example. And a couple of things that we've done. Number one is we model it, right? So 
you know I own a gym right now. I will take on clients, and I did. I took on a client that was literally, you know, 50 meters down the road. So I'm like, there's plenty of clients in the Shire for both of us, you know, so I'm going to model it, you know, like what it means to be working together so we can have more of an impact. So that, that's number one is, again, lead by example. That's what it is, like model it. The second thing is if people are feeling it and they come into our in, uh, into our community, they quickly see that there is far more power in collaboration because it's a value of ours and we practice it daily. And so even if they are guarded a little fearful, just through the immersion and the environmental influence, they quickly see that there is a better way. You and I are big on collaboration and uh, not competition. And you're right, there's plenty there. It's an abundance mindset, as the saying goes. Now, um, Dan, thank you for participating and being encouraging, uh, as always. Uh, it's always great talking with you, and you've always got a lot of wisdom to share. We're going to have you back on here multiple times, and this is only a taste of the great man. So thank you for your perspective on how to get a, an entrepreneurial mindset that looks at the, being a great technician and a great operator. You've provided some great examples there, some principles. You want to learn more about Dan, you can check out the show notes and follow Dan on social media, Daniel Henderson. Any other way that uh, folk can get in touch with you? Oh, look, social media is the easiest. So refer to the show notes, guys. I'm active personally on Facebook, on Instagram. So if you ping me a message, I'll personally reply. We'll have all the details in the show notes. So once again, Dan, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Tarek. Really appreciate the opportunity. so grateful for your support and for tuning into our podcast. We know that many of you have friends or colleagues that would also benefit from our content and we would be honored if you would share our podcast with them. Word of mouth is the best form of advertising and your recommendation means the absolute world to us. Sharing on social media, email, or even talking to us about a colleague is such a huge help in getting our message out there. We truly appreciate your support and we can't wait to continue to grow and connect with you through this podcast.